We all lived deeply from the heart. We drew pictures, we chased lightning bugs, we climbed trees. But something has happened to that wild and passionate heart in most men. Is there a way to get it back? In the heart of a champion. Welcome back to the Code of Man podcast. This is Mr. Overtrek, Mike Barnett, in the... Uh, the Undisclosed Location Studio, and I'd like to say welcome to my cohorts in crime. That's us. Yep, partners to, in crime. Good to be here. You need no introduction. That's right. They know who we are. Your names are known, and your faces have been posted. Huh, huh. So today, I wanted us to come in here and talk about a topic that we're calling Men in the Shallows. How many men, and, and I think fair to say most men, are living their lives in a very shallow way. And we don't want to come across in any negative way today or any finger-pointing ways. We want to come across, hopefully, with some help and encouragement to, as I said in the opener there, to help men get back that wild, passionate heart that we all had as boys. But somewhere along the way, a lot of guys hung that, checked it at the door, and it's just not how they're living. I mean, it seems most men, including in the church, are ignorant of or simply avoid living a deep life. Their relationships, their goals, their choices of entertainment, all of it seems pretty shallow. And here's the thing. It's costing us. We're missing out on some important things in life. Women tend to be, we say, the deeper ones. Men will say to that, well, you know, they're just more emotional. Or they're more sensitive. But I wonder, are they? Or are they just less afraid to go there and to live from there? And if so, why? Men in the shallows. And how do we get to living, how do we get to the place of living in that deeper life? We want the deep life. We don't want the shallow life. But I think it's important, just as a way to to kind of encourage right off the bat, you know, you mentioned we're not here to point fingers or throw rocks or anything like that because if every man or every woman, if, if every person is honest with themselves, you spend, you start off in the shallows. Nobody just starts off living deeply. I mean, you have to be, you know, it's, it's a progression. But the first step to getting deeper is realizing that you're presently in the shallows. Like, okay, I'm not where I need to be. And that's okay so long as there is a willingness to improve and, and march on. So all the stuff that we're going to talk about today hopefully will be uh, a help to all of our listeners, but it's stuff that, at least for me, I'm presently putting into practice right now and still have a long ways to go, but it's, it's necessary to identify that to begin with. Do you remember when you were a boy and to the you almost made this illustration for me, but do you remember when you were a boy 
and you couldn't wait to get over on the deep side of the swimming pool. Mm-hmm. Yes. Remember that? And your first trip over was most likely in your dad's arms. Mm-hmm. You know, he carries you over there, and you get to splash around a little bit in it, but you want so bad to be able to go over there where the big boys are playing, you know, and get over there where the others are swimming. And then as you learn to swim and you got up the nerve, the day finally comes where you ducked under that pool divider and you entered into the deep. And C.S. Lewis said, something deep in the human heart breaks at the thought of a life of mediocrity. It goes back to the word behavior. When you think of it as, as a kid, in order to get to that deep end, there had to be some courage shown there. There had to be that willingness to want to go to the other side. But there also had to be some discipline, some self-control in learning how to swim and learning how to to practice to be able to, to get over there. So I think a lot of people don't want the shallow life, but we get distracted by so many things that keeps us in the shallow life, and we lose that drive that we once had to have a deeper life. Both of you just made the point that you believe that deep down, which is, I think, what Lewis was saying there in that quote, deep down, men want that deep life, oh, yeah. but yeah. something's stopping them. Yeah, and, and it's fear. Because, so to use this illustration, we've been talking about, you know, crossing under those buoys and getting into the deep side of the pool. I don't know if, if everybody's parents did, but, like, my parents were all right. One or two qualifications had to be met. You either had to be a really good swimmer or you had to be tall enough to touch the bottom. Now... The average swimming pool deep end starts at five foot. All right. Can I borrow your term real quick? Sure. Spoiler alert. (laughs) It took me a long time to get to that five foot threshold. And, you know, so once I got tall enough, then I quickly realized, okay, yeah, I'm five foot, but I'm on my tippy toes sticking my head above water. And this was just last week. Yeah. (laughs) And that's a bad day when you realize that you're tall enough to get to the deep end, but that the deep end is literally at the top of your head. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bad day. And and what it, what it, I still remember thinking, okay, yeah, this is cool, but I feel much more comfortable over there. And, you know, now I'm understanding it's because I was in more control over there. Like I I was safe in the shallow end because it was my strength. It was I. I was in control of the situation because I'm wasn't the strongest of swimmers. Like I could swim, but I didn't have long endurance. And I knew if it's contingent on me swimming over here, my strength is going to fail real quick. So I want to go back to the shallow end. And I think that's what it is that's deep down in the hearts of men. Yes, there's this desire to go deep, but where they're presently at, they're secure. They're confident. I've got this under control. I can handle this. So it would be very important for us to define what we're talking about right here. Deep versus shallow life. Now, I've got a passage of Scripture that feeds into all this that this discussion. I'll share that in a few moments. But let me go to Psalm 1 right here because I want us to talk, just figure out here or lay out some descriptives of what is the deep life versus the shallow life. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Listen to this description. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. That sounds like the deep life. Now, verse 4 says... The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. 
That's the shallow life. Now, his terms are the blessed and the ungodly, but he's describing there two different lifestyles, one that's a very rooted, productive, thriving, fruitful life, and another that is a very shallow you know, the chaff that the wind driveth away. All the good stuff is gone. It's just the outer shell. It's, it's just empty. The, yeah, it's, it's empty. It's, it's vain. So that's a great descriptive from the Psalms, but let's put some real-world context into that. Let's describe deep man versus shallow man here, and, and to the best of our ability. You want to kick it off? Well, I was just going to say... The, is that a... That was the kickoff. Oh, kickoff. Okay, great. Well, no fair catches. Hey, you know with the kickoff, there's oh, only a, a touchback. Doggone it. <laughs> hey, there's only a couple things that can go right, but a whole lot of things that can go wrong. So <laughs> let me go ahead and take this one. Um, I was thinking about how the deep life has a lot to do with how a person handles failure. Because you look at the culture we live in, and it, it is the devil's weapon of mass destruction. And it's not just in certain circles. It's everywhere. And that's the weapon of a culture of shame. I think a lot of individuals, they have that as a child. A lot of men want a deeper life. But they try things, and they fail, and they're shamed for it. And it may not be what some people define as shame, but there are certain levels of that. Even just someone making fun of them or somebody just... Why'd you do that for? Why would you even try that? So there's that that shame culture and just that that whole that fear of 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 failing, of trying to do something and not being able to, to accomplish it. it. Sounds like what you're saying. The deep life is a secure life, and a shallow life is an insecure life. Sure. And the secure person is somebody that is able to experience success and be secured in the fact that it it wasn't them alone, but it was Christ. And also secure enough that when failure comes, knowing that they're not worthless. And I, I think that's a good, um, definitely a good description of it, too. And then the shallow life, to me, I think you really see that in, in where's a person's interest. What, what, what's their focus? What are, they, what are they living for? What are they driving for? And, you know, there's a lot of cliche answers that sound really good. You know, well, I'm living for my family. I'm living for my church. But if we're not careful... Even all of that can be surface. Yeah. Like, I can live for my family very shallowly if I'm just trying to provide for them the best life. Get the family tattoo on your forearms. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, I, I, I want them to have a comfortable existence. I want them to have fun. I want them to be able to do, you know, things that I wasn't able to do to a, as a child, yada, yada, yada. And when you really break that down, that's a very shallow existence because what is considered a comfortable life now, 30, 40 years from now, you're going to look back and be like, Man, all that stuff has has glittered, faded away, and, and gone. You know, so there has to be something that's more meaningful, something that lasts. And the deep life, the deep life living person, however you want to go about saying that, is somebody that is really interested in things that are going to last, th- things that are going to stand the test of time. That's where they're pouring their energy, and that's where they're pouring their focus into. And they're going to make mistakes, right? But they're secure to keep going. Just to kind of piggyback on that as well, just. Going back to the person's motives, if a person is putting others over themselves and they want to live a deeper life because they truly care about others and they also care about themselves and they're looking at the big picture, that is really going to define a deeper life versus a shallow life. Because as I was mentioning earlier about shame, about fear, fear of failing, 
fear and pride are brothers or cousins or whatever, right? So you have that pride in there. You have somebody who's proud and they just want to look good and whatever they're doing, they want to put themselves up upon a pedestal. Well, there's your shallow life right there. Um, you're afraid to fail. You just want recognition and you're just going to take the easy path every time. Sort of crowd that back into the shallow life versus the deep life. I think relationships are a part of it. So how, how does a man look at his life and say, okay, I'm either living a shallow life or I'm living a deep life or somewhere on that scale. Think about your relationships. How are you relating to your wife and your children? Are you just meeting them on the surface needs? Or are you engaging with them in deeper levels? Are you sharing your heart with them? And are you interested in knowing their heart? That's the deeper life. Yeah. Versus the, you know, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm providing for their needs and they're safe and they've got a home and all is well. I'm teaching them to be successful. Or another another way that we would measure that, maybe I wrote down pursuits or goals. Mm-hmm. What's a man living for? You know, is he, he out to, you know, what, what makes him feel fulfilled? More toys? Having fun? You know, and look, I'm all for a nice toy. I'm all for having a good time. But if this is what is motivating a man, to use your word motivate, this is what motivates my daily life. It's those temporary things. And maybe the guy who says, well, you know what? I'm just, yeah, I'm hanging in there for retirement, you know, or whatever it may be. But it's just looking at life on a very temporal level. Mm-hmm. That's a factor. You know, relationships, our pursuits, our goals, what we're consuming or how we're, how we're consuming our days. In other words, do I live just taking in or am I living to give out? Mm-hmm. You know, that's a mark of either the deep life or the shallow life. Again, Psalm 1, you know, the deep guy, he's by the, planted by the rivers of water. He's prosperous. He's producing. This is a good guy to be around. You're going to glean from him. And he takes in so that he can give out. But then you got the other guy just heaping it upon himself, you know, just trying to make himself feel good, look good, and be the top dog. So somewhere on that scale, we all fall. Yeah. I think that's what we're we're identifying here. Now, Let me take you to Luke chapter 5. Jesus is teaching a crowd of people as it starts out, and he's going to call these disciples for really the first time and ask something specifically of Simon. It says in Luke 5, 1, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. Just just a little, just shallow. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net break. So that's, that's where this all comes from. And I don't want to twist it out of context. I don't want to try to make it more than it's supposed to be. But I think the point is there, really, because Jesus is calling these disciples. He's literally about to call them into a deeper life and a deeper purpose beyond just their careers as fishermen. To live deeply. To live deeply is, I mean, you're tapping into a life other than your own. You're, you're basically, 
you're going against your own judgment. You're going against your own druthers. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because as you read it, something that that I that kind of jumped off to me was Jesus gave instructions to some guys about an area that they were strong in. These were professional fishermen. These were guys that this, you know, they weren't casual fishermen. I mean, they were deadliest catch style fishermen. They knew what they were doing. And he instructs them in their strength. And when they follow through on that, they're even more successful in an area that they were already strong in, in a way which they had never experienced success before. And they're seeing, oh, wow, okay, this is genuine success. And I think this goes into some things that we've talked about on the podcast in other episodes. We have been specially equipped with certain skills, certain passions, certain interests. And the deep life is when we take those passions, interests, and skill sets, and we abide in Christ with those. That's when we really begin to see genuine success in life out of these things that God gave us because now he is speaking to our strength and equipping it with his strength, and that is when success really starts coming. These guys were already professional fishermen. They weren't failures in life, and that's that's important. I mean, let me just make a point on the point I'm trying to make. You don't have to be, as you guys like to say, living in your mama's basement playing right. video games right. to be a guy living a shallow life. These guys were living what we would say on the surface, a good life, productive life, but he's going to call them to something deeper with that strength and skill set. He's using it to paint a picture. But I do want to say this. He waits until a moment where they realize they can't do it on their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pride gets taken out of the picture there. Yeah, and I was just thinking, too, about the shallow life. You you bring out a really good point about living in grandma's basement, especially like when you watch a movie or something that depicts a success story. There's always a guy who's hit rock bottom, and he's, he's a failure in man's standards. So then he becomes the winningest coach, or he makes a lot of money, or he starts his own business, whatever. You can be rich uh, listening to this. If you are rich, you know, give us a holler later. Yeah, write us. Uh, yeah, write we'll us. We'll give you the address to the undisclosed location. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll tell you everything you need to know. Reach but... out to us at codeofmangen127 at gmail.com. And... Yeah, yeah, amen. Wow. Uh, hashtag <laughs> be blessed. Anyway. Swamp life. Swamp life. So anyway, back to what I was saying. Um, I kind of lost it there, but. No let me wonder. Just, let me just keep talking and it'll You can it'll come be a back. rich man and not be a success. Yeah, so that's. Exactly. So just because you make a lot of money or you're you're successful in the eyes of man does not mean that you're living a deeper life. Yeah. So with us, it is that that challenge of am I truly living the life that God has for me? But then also questioning yourself and truly thinking on it. Because what does a shallow man do? He just answers the same, oh, yeah, well, I go to church three times a week, read my Bible, and I witness. I gave a, a track out. I know I'm not perfect, but I do the best I can. He don't want to go deep and think about it. Right. That is a shallow life, but truly going deep and wanting more and being able to just go do something else. As, as we were talking in the podcast the other week about, okay, it's time to do something else. It's time to go on and do something else. That's a deep life. One of the, one of the things— that I think is a misconception about the deeper life, if you're somebody that is already experiencing success, is that, all right, well, I'm kind of apprehensive because if I go deep, 
That means Jesus is going to tell me to do like he told that rich man in the New Testament to go sell everything I have and give it to the poor. And I think we have to get to the point that we understand Jesus could care less about our financial situation. He's, he's not interested in taking all of our possessions or in heaping all of our possessions. He's not concerned with the material things. He's concerned about the heart of the person that has these things. And yes, he may ask us to be good stewards and use them and whatnot, but a deeper life has no bearing whatsoever in any of the material things. It just means that my life now has a greater purpose, a greater appreciation, a greater fulfillment in whatever lot of life I find myself in. At the same time Jesus is calling these men, oh, let me give a shout-out now. I'm going to give a shout-out to The Chosen, the series mm. that I've been watching, yeah. and I've watched the first four episodes of the okay. first season, so I'm behind. Anybody that's listening that's been watching that from day one, I'm way behind, but so far so good and very impressed, and you, we can talk about that at the end if you want to, but give a shout-out to that because as I've been watching that, throughout those first four episodes, you see Nicodemus. And while Jesus is reaching these men right here, there's this guy called Nicodemus that God is doing something in his life, and he's beginning to question his longstanding tradition. And, you know, he's a success there, Roland, as you're talking about. He's a success in the eyes of religion, the eyes of the government, of his people. But he's starting to wonder if he's missing it. Right. And there's there's an encounter going to happen. I, I just feel deep down that he's going to meet Jesus somewhere along the way in this yeah. show. But anyway. Spoiler that, alert. <laughs> yeah, that being said, uh, just to finish that point that you can come from being just the fisherman, just trying to make the catch for the day to, to, to survive, to this religious guy who's ruling in the land, the rich young guy. Anybody can be living a shallow life no matter what it looks like on the outside. So. Jesus said, launch out into the deep. Let me just make the word deep there. It is the word bathos. It means the profound things, the mysteries. Jesus said, launch out into the profound things, the mysteries. Now, I'm sure that was a word used to speak of the deep part of the sea, you know, but it has that use where it would be used to speak of the depth, the profound things. And I think about that. If Jesus is inviting us into that kind of life, that excites me. I, that's the kind of life I want. I want to be there. I don't want to just dwell in the shallows. I want to go there. Right. And here's something that's interesting. It's just after this that he calls them with that very famous phrase that we all know, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And that word there, follow me and I, I will make you, that phrase I will make you, I've shared this before, is the word poeo. It's where we get our word poem. It means to craft something or to write a beautiful story. Now let that sink in a moment. Jesus said, you follow me, and I'm going to write a beautiful story out of your life. But the average man doesn't think in terms like that. He doesn't think like, you know, my life is a beautiful story. And yet our lives are beautiful. You know, you look at the blessings, you look at the miracles, the wonders, oh, but... The tragedy is, the tragedy is, if we're not looking, we will not see it. We'll not live in that beauty. And we will come to ourselves one day, perhaps in old age, looking back with a whole lot of I wish I would haves. So Jesus is inviting us into a life where 
we don't have to look back at 80 or 90 full of regret. But we can look back and say, boy, it's been good to live on the deep side. Mm. You know? I like this. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, we are always getting ready to live, but never living. And I think that that is really how most people carry out their daily lives. Think about it. Everybody's preparing for the next big thing. Well, I can't wait to vacation. I was about to say that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Can't wait till Christmas. Yep. <laughs> can't just, wait till retirement. It's the same thing every year. Yeah. yeah. Man, it's Monday. I can't wait till Friday gets here. And you turn around, and man, it's already Monday again. Friday came and went, and you missed it. Why? Mm-hmm. Because we weren't embracing life. We weren't living. We weren't in the deep. We were living too shallow. When he says launch out, it is intentional. He is asking these men to be purposeful in how they live. Literally, that phrase launch out was a term of the sea. They understood that. It meant, you know, shove off. Shove the boat off into the water. Get out there into the deep. It's not where they wanted to go. And again, to be fair, these guys were fishing on the sea. They were worn out. They were discouraged. But in application, is that not where most men live? Don't want to go. Worn out. Discouraged. It ain't worth it. Just feel like you're spinning your wheels. You know, everything you do is it's, it's coming up short. Not good enough. And I think it's especially true in... Everything that has been mentioned about social media on this podcast, I'm just going to be full disclosure here. When you first started talking about all this, I thought, man, he is making way too big of a deal about this. Like, he, this is this is nowhere. All right, so beginning of 2021, I kind of started, you know, all right, I'm going, to, I'm going to pull back some. I'm now beginning to see exactly what has been talked about, about the way that this kind of lifestyle feeds into some of that discouragement because you're always comparing yourself to everybody else. Man, why can't my vacations go as smoothly as theirs? Why can't, you know, I have this or why can't I do that? And you're not even all the time aware of what, you know, you're you're facing with and what you're doing that and that's the result of of a shallow focus because when you pull back from that and you begin entering into the deep life, you begin seeing Man, I've got a great life. The Lord has blessed me tremendously, maybe not financially, maybe not materialistically, but I have a quality and a substance of life that I wouldn't trade anything in the world for, and you begin to be able to be immersed in that a little bit more. Yeah, you bring the the point up about social media. I was thinking just consumerism in general. Just mm-hmm. think of all the billboards driving from point A to point B to your job or, or whatever it is down the interstate, Everywhere you go, it's just like, buy this, buy that. And think of all the individuals right now living a shallow life, and they're just constantly having to buy the next yep. thing. The next, you know, they, they buy the brand new phone. There's already a brand new one coming out. And there's always something that, and kind of like you said, I've, I have a very similar story. Beginning of 21, I've been very distant from social media, and I'm seeing the same thing. And it's like my my vision has has I've had more tunnel vision with the news, with all the advertising, with having to buy things, and it's like God blesses that, and you begin to meditate more on the deeper things of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, perfect lead in to my next great quote I want to share. You're welcome. I'm excited about. You're welcome. But we've been studying around here a, a little bit about the profoundly simple life yep. that Jesus lived. Yeah. And you're nailing that right now. Jesus' focus was on the will of the Father, the hearts of the men and the women that he encountered every day. He was here to 
help them, rescue them, redeem them. And his simple life, I mean, here's a guy that did not have a house, did not have a camel payment, did not have a closet <laughs> full of cloaks and, and, and whatnots. You know, he lived a very simple life with the clothes he had on his back and maybe a few things that, that he would carry and with the disciples, you know, they together would carry. This is what Mr. Rogers said. Ooh. Mr. Fred Rogers. <clears throat> he said, life is deep and simple, but what our society gives us is shallow and complicated. Mm-hmm. No truer words have been spoken than those from Mr. Rogers. Because as you just said, you drive up and down the highway, if you're listening to this you know, program, not this program, but the radio or this program or that program is what I'm trying to say. You're watching television, your own social media. You're being bombarded with you've got to have this, you need to go there, you've got to live this, you've got to achieve this, you've got to. And life is really complicated on the super shallow level. Mm-hmm. Yep. How strange it is. But look at Jesus, a man who had this profound simplicity and no one was deeper than he was. I, I read not all of a book, but part of a book one time. Talking, that is yeah, we very are shallow. Proud of you. Very shallow. Um, <laughs> it was from, uh, I believe his name was Cal Newport. Uh, I think it was Deep Deep Work. And he made, he's talking about not spiritual things, but professional life. And he was, he was bringing the point home that a lot of people now in their careers, their whole life is just consumed. Their whole career, their whole day is just consumed with, with shallow stuff that anybody could do checking email, going to this meeting, going to a meeting about a meeting, and I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but he was talking about how now's the time to get really good at something if you want to succeed because there's a lot of people who just don't have time. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes to kind of what you're saying where we're so busy just being busy and none of it has any substance whatsoever. You have to excuse the way that my brain works. But y'all are sitting here talking, and I go back to our illustration that we kicked this off with, with getting over into the deep end of the pool. And <laughs> that was Is that the sound the splash made when you finally jumped in? I don't know. At 105 pounds? <laughs> 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 yeah. But anyhow, you know, I, don't, I don't know, maybe you're all's swimming experience wasn't like this, but, you know, when you're, on the, when you're in the shallow end, there's a whole lot more activity going on in the shallow end. A I lot mean, more people. A lot more people. Yep. There's... Balls getting thrown, frisbees, people whacking each other with pool noodles and all this kind of stuff. Party hats. Yeah. <laughs> when you get over into the deep end, death. There's well, got <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. What I was gonna say is you don't have all of that other stuff because the people in the deep end are focused on one thing. They're focused on swimming. They don't have the time to be able to engage in everything else because they have to be focused on swimming and staying afloat or else they're not going to make it. And the deep life in our Christian life is the exact same way because we have to focus on one thing. A deep life is a focus on that singular mission. We can't be distracted with all of the other things because we have to give our attention to what really is the most important thing. Learning so, to swim now so you, can, you won't drown later, pretty much. Well, actually, I had something a lot more um, colorful to share. Oh, oh boy. Dory. Apparently, all along, Dory was the deepest character on Finding Nemo. Just, keep, just swimming. keep swimming. Just keep swimming. You know, real quick, just lighthearted. Simple but deep. You can edit this out, obviously. But there's two types of people in this world. So I was learning how to doggy paddle and how to swim. So finally, my dad, to just teach me to go ahead and just go out there and 
pushed me forth into the deep. Launch into the deep. Launch into the deep, picked me up and threw me in the deep end of the swimming pool. So I swam. So that's the one person. The second person that you don't do that to would be my sister, who was thrown into the deep end as well and used me as a float to keep her alive. <laughs> so if my sister listens to this, thanks a lot. Yeah, you still bear the scars, both <laughs> physically kidding. and metaphorically. I think her fingernails were in the top of my yeah, head. That's why that's no hair grows on that, those spots <laughs> You up there. ain't kidding, man. It's, uh, yeah, it's all Bernard her fault. Dean, hold you know, still. If you wanted to become Jewish, you could wear one of those little and cover Yama- that up. Yarmulkes. <laughs> no, Thanks I ain't for- talking about riding motorcycles. I'm talking about <laughs> wearing a hat. Anyway, so oh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. On a, I want to point this out. Uh, it is Jesus' word, his speaking, that propels them into the deep. So when we start talking about how to get into that deeper life, it's imperative. Just going from the text and making the application, Jesus says, launch out into the deep and let down your net for a drop. And Simon says to him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. And I almost see Peter just kind of shrug his shoulders and say, Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And it is the word of Jesus. Peter says, Simon says, at thy word. And I think there are clues to that deeper life in the parables and the sermons of Jesus. If I was to offer just the first point of how to find the deeper life, that's where I would begin. I would say, sir, gentlemen, fellas, get into the Gospels, find the words of Jesus, see what he's saying. That is your pathway into the deeper life. For example, before we started recording today, we were discussing the parable of the sower in Mark chapter Mm -hmm. 4. And this really would be a great introductory parable to start talking about or teaching fellas about the deeper life because in this parable you're going to see just about everything we've touched on already. It says that he began to teach by the seaside, Mark 4, 1, and there was gathered unto him a great multitude so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land and he taught them many things by parables and said unto them in his doctrine, by the way, you reckon that was what he was teaching when Luke 5 happened? Same scenario. Hmm. He's by the sea, and he gets into a ship. And he taught them many things by parables and said unto them in his doctrine, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow, and it came to pass as he sowed. Some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. Some fell on the stony ground where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30, some 60, and some an hundred. I want to say fold, but it's not in that one. (laughs) But you know what I mean. So when you see that parable right there, and and I said, hey, I think you see a lot of what we've already been talking about with the deeper life. Where do you guys see it in that parable? How do you see this teaching on the deeper life there? I see it in in the, the way the seed grew. I think every man's life is a, is that seed. It's it's we've all been planted, we've all we've all been sown, and there's something that is trying to grow. Men that are living the shallow life, there's nothing that there's nothing that grows and there's nothing that lasts as a result of that. You know, you see some. I mean, it's just snatched away on the wayside. I mean, it's it's just 
it's just carried away right off the bat. You got some that man, it's it's digging down, but it's it's rocky, it's stony, it's it's hard, so it shoots up quick, but it burns up and it doesn't last. And then those that's choked out by the thorns, so distracted by everything, and and that's that's where we see that that shallow life coming into play as it relates with us is right there. When I look at the good ground, the fallow ground, I think of when the seed comes down to the good ground. That has to do with the individual who's preparing their heart for something deeper. So, for example, it's it's a shame when a preacher preaches a sermon and he has studied all week long and he has carried that thing around with him. And I mean, he 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 is is seeking God and, and God has given him something. It's like all day long, it's just what, what he's doing is meditating on that. Gets up, preaches in front of his congregation, and maybe he just has a moment where he tells a joke or something. Or he he talks about something before. Or may, Long story short, here's what I'm getting at. You have the people who sit there, and their hearts are, are, are truly ready. It's that good ground. They're getting all the deep things that he's saying. But then you have that group, all they're talking about is the joke he told. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're just, or they're, oh yeah, I heard, didn't you preach out of Mark 5 two weeks ago? That's all they know. Mm-hmm. You preached a totally different sermon, completely different, but it, it just went because their hearts were not prepared for it. And I think when we're truly wanting something deep, we're not just reading our Bible because we want to check the box and get the three chapters in. We'll stop right here if we have to. We're hanging on to every word and searching for something. Which you just gave a great lead-in again, because I think we're going to have to stop right here for today's recording. Mm. The uh, The parable will be a great place to stop. Mm-hmm. And the reason is is because I think if if our dear listeners would, and, and us, go back to that parable in Mark chapter 4 and think about, and connect that with, with Psalm 1. You know, you, you, you men have mentioned several words a number of times, like planted, you know, preparation. You just added that one, and you were talking about how discipline is required earlier. So all of this kind of leads into how do I become that good ground Mm -hmm. versus the stony ground where I don't have much root at all so I can spring up, you know, look all exciting and then fade away because the sun burns me. And then I've got the, the, uh, the thorny ground, which I think is the man that really wants to do well. So he's got some roots but he can't shake those doggone distractions in his life. He mm. still wants to get the riches and the cares of this life, and you can't serve God and man, and you can't be deep and shallow at the same time. So I think that parable is a great place for us to to cut it off right now, and, and we'll come back for the next episode and get back to now some of those questions about, okay, what gets me into that deeper life? What helps me have the good ground? And what do we think would, what's helped us personally So that's where we leave our gentle listener today. So until next episode, this is Mike Overtrek Barnett thanking you for listening and saying happy trails to you. This is Dr. Dean Roland Napoleon, and you are welcome. And this is Corey Easy Target Cantrell saying thanks for joining us. (laughs) Excuse me. Clear those throats, and we'll see you next time.
in the heart of a champion.